What you are about to hear is a labor of love. Our love is for the music, and the music is for the people. We at Rockstrikes 10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, and or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels, or hopefully by the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock We'd like to do an old one by Otis Redding for you tonight. Turn you loose. Never gonna turn you loose. 
Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here this week, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. We are continuing on with the big retrospective of 1972. This is part two of four of the odds and ends of 1972. If you're not sure what that means, go back one episode and I'll let you know there. So, we kick things off today with Edgar Winter's White Trash. His touring unit, there was the Edgar Winter Group, there was Edgar Winter's White Trash, there was tours with Edgar Winter and Rick Derringer, who I believe is in the White Trash Band. There's a whole bunch of things going on with Edgar Winter in 1972. Plus, you might actually hear him turn up on the albums list once I get to it here, once we're done with these odds and ends. But I have to give props to Edgar. He was out there killing it. Him and his brother Johnny just rode legends i mean those guys made their bones on the road and i think the winter brothers not to like do something shitty i'm trying to stay positive here but it really is something that needs to be said as much as possible it doesn't matter where you're born or where you come from what color your skin is what matters right there i'm pounding on the chest it matters what's inside of you and look at the look at the winter brothers man those guys are the whitest white boys that have ever existed I think they're actually like legal albinos, if I'm not mistaken. But man, those guys could play the blues and they had a great sense of R&B music as well. And when you hear them play and if you saw them live, you, you, you know they meant it. And right there doing an Otis Redding song, an absolute classic right there, I Can't Turn You Loose. And they do a great job with it. You know, when the Blues Brothers do it, it's like, oh yeah, that's all fun and stuff like that. But it's, it can also be taken seriously. Not that the Blues Brothers didn't, but you know what I'm trying to say. What am I saying? I don't know. But... I enjoy that track. That's from an album of his, a live album from 1972 called Roadwork. There's a lot of fun covers like that on there. It's some blues stuff, some R&B, some rave up. So it's a good old time. And there's a lot of good live albums in 1972 because the live album will definitely reach its peak throughout the 70s. So I've got plenty of those to play on that end. But let's get into this one right here. Speaking of white boys. Speaking of white boys playing the blues and R&B and stuff like that, let's just go ahead and do this one right here. So we're still in the early days of Bob Seger, and it's like pre-Silver Bullet Band, so he hasn't reached his commercial success yet. But that's not a bad thing, because if you go back and listen to those like garage rock albums and R&B albums that Bob was putting out before the Silver Bullet Band, and not that the Silver Bullet stuff's that bad, most of it's pretty enjoyable, but there was definitely an edge there when he was really paying his dues. And so one of Bob's first proper albums was an album called Smoke and OPs, you know, under his just Bob Seger name and not the Bob Seger system or anything like that. But I'll check into that. But 
The Smokin' OP's record came out in 72, and, you know, initially I had it on the list to listen to to consider for best albums of the year. When I looked at the credits, I was like, holy shit, these are all covers. So it's a covers album, so it cannot be considered for the top albums of 1972. And hey, if it's your favorite album of 1972, great, that's awesome. But I can't in good conscience put a covers album uh, to be considered for that because every song on here is kind of a burner. It's a classic we all know the song, so all the songs, you know, they have a leg up. and Like this one right here. I mean, like I said, guys that are really into this stuff and want to do it right and show it great representation, this is a really great representative of paying tribute to a guy that without him, a lot of these bands wouldn't be around. and The butterfly effect would be horrible if Bo Diddley hadn't existed. And Bob will show you right here with this song, Bo Diddley.
Seeger right there from the album Smoking OPs, Bo Diddley. Great track right there. My, just just destroying it on there. And yeah, that's, uh, you know, Bo Diddley had a title track for himself called Bo Diddley, and that's what that was. But then Bob pivots over easily into Who Do You Love, which is also a Bo Diddley original. Because it's easy to do that when you're covering Bo, because literally the Bo Diddley beat exists on all those tracks so you could just start singing in something else and and you got it you don't even have to change the band up the band could really just keep going you don't even have to signal them for that one but it's also great in its own right all right let's go over to this one right here this one's dedicated to my friends loose cannon and baco from the cobras and fire podcast like a lot of white boys okay i'm gonna stop with that <laughs> turn into a clan rally no but, so like a lot of people my age we are indebted to a lot of the cool shine that we might have thought we had in the 90s via Quentin Tarantino movies because Quentin went back into, you know, the, the dirt malls and this, his own 45 collection and things like that, found all these great old songs and put them in his movies that made his movies like instantly cool because the movies were already good, but the music, you know, was a star in its own right in those Quentin movies. This is one of those songs that none of us had ever heard because a lot of us weren't alive then. At least I wasn't. But this was a decent hit in 1972. So much so, you know, when I got the Rhino Have a Nice Decade box set, this is on it as well. So this definitely was a hit. I looked it up. It charted pretty well out here. You know, just on the pop charts. Of course, it did better on the R&B charts, but that makes sense when you hear it. But much like what happened with Little Green Bag and, of course, was stuck in the middle with you, the use of this in Reservoir Dogs really makes it part of that whole thing now. But originally from 1972 and by Rock and Roll Hall of Fame would be Joe Tex. This is his signature hit right here. I gotcha. Oh, I gotcha. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You thought I didn't see your knife, didn't you? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You tried to sneak by me now, didn't you? <laughs> Uh huh, huh? Now give me what you promised me. Give it here. Come on.
Joe Tex right there with I Gotcha, 1972 single release right there. And yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a little creepy now. Blurred Lines was creepy on Drop, but and it's like, how did we... Okay, but I still think it's a fun song. You know, if, if the song track wasn't so funky, we would have just dismissed this a long time ago, but hey, there it is. It was it was a different time, right? Do we excuse it? I don't know. I don't know how much to excuse and how much not to, but maybe I'm on the wrong show to do something like that. We don't want to get too analytical, but I'm also progressive AF as far as I, I think I am, but okay. Well, let me try to dig myself out of this hole. Let, let's get into something. You know, from like 90s cinema exploitation adjacent to actual exploitation cinema of 1972 with one of the more famous soundtracks of that year. Another thing that kind of in retrospect, because a lot of the bands that I listened to in the 90s, going back to that, they always reference this album. And I can't tell you how many punk rock shows I've been to where this soundtrack was the PA song. Because it basically works as a reggae crossover best of from the early 70s. And, you know, a lot of the ska bands and stuff like that, they got so much stuff off of just this one album. It's a super influential album, so much so that it's one of the only true odds and ends you will see on best album lists from 1972. That's how super important this album is. So it's it's an odd and end that thrives. It's in the odd and ends hall of fame, if you will. The Harder They Come soundtrack. The, Jimmy Cliff gets the main starring credit, you know, because he's the star. But also he's got music on here. But there's a, a, all sorts of bands on this thing. Uh, so much so that the I actually am going to play two songs off of it. And neither of them are Jimmy Cliff songs. And I love Jimmy Cliff. He's greatness. He's, he's a hero of my heroes and the whole thing. But... My two favorite songs on here are not the Jimmy Cliff songs, but all of it's great. You should check out The Harder They Come. If you've never listened to this record, you got to listen to it. Here are two songs to hopefully get you inspired to do such a thing. I'm going to kick things off with yet another song, and I talked about this on part one. Another song that is sampled on Paul's Boutique. We're going to start off the twofer here with a guy simply named Scotty, and the song's called Draw Your Breaks. Payaka Manakal and then go saka. Yeah. 
Presenting the Harder They Come original motion picture soundtrack, we started things off with Scotty and Draw Your Brakes, and you've heard that Stop That Train sample not just in Paul's Boutique, but many other hip-hop songs. And we finished things off with one of the greatest songs of all time, Pressure Drop by Toots and the Maytels. Another super-duper important song, and another one of the greatest songs. And it just never gets old for me. So yes, go check out the Harder They Come. That's a mere sampling of what to expect if you go down that route. So, you want to hear something super weird now? This is one of those odds and ends from an odds and ends type record that because it's all covers. And man, I just heard this thing for the first time this year and it's weird, man. <laughs> so I'm not going to go down the whole you know, listing all of the factoids off of Wikipedia about this guy, but you really should go on this guy's Wikipedia page. This guy's name Screaming Lord Such. And he had a couple rock albums out, but that's not even remotely the most interesting stuff about him. But the fact that he had some rock albums out means that he qualifies to be on a show like this. So in 1972, he put out this record, and it's predominantly covers. So that's I do have to consider that an odd and end as well. I think there's like maybe one or two originals on there. But that might not even be the case. Let's do it a couple of times, and it's not easy to find. I had to, it's one of those weird things where I hate doing this, but I had to go on YouTube and listen to the songs and pull them up individually in the order of the album in order to get a decent experience here. So, that all being said, I was like, well, it's all covers for the most part, so it's going to go on the odds and ends. But this guy, Screaming Lord Such, he put out this record in 1972 called Hands of Jack the Ripper. And there's another song on here that I was like, i got to play this on the Halloween show coming up this year. So I'm going to hold off on that song, but I'll play another one here. Like I said, mostly covers and a lot of guest superstars on here. I think a couple of the guys from The Who were on here. I think Jeff Beck might have played on it. 
uh, the, you know, a lot of guys. Some Stones, Nicky Hopkins, and I think Charlie Watts are on this record. So he had a lot of famous friends, and I'm sure he was a fun guy. He probably went to a lot of parties, probably threw a lot of parties too. And these albums sound like live albums that were recorded at parties. I don't know the true nature of any of these recordings, because like I said, not a lot of info on the recordings themselves. A lot of interesting info on this guy, though. So look him up. Screaming Lord Such. And his stuff is definitely like, you know, a, a thing that was really brewing in the 70s was, hey, let's go back to simpler times of rock and roll and get into the more 50s, like rave up type stuff. Because, you know, the boundaries were pushed so far that there's always that pushback. And that's why punk rock happened. But before even that, there was already like a, hey, let's get back into the 50s stuff. And so it, it really feels like that kind of stuff. And you'll get that vibe off of this song right here. So from the album, Hands of Jack the Ripper, this is Screaming Lord Such and his many friends with Gotta Keep a Rockin'. Right. Hope he's ready. Can't see him. Anyway, we'll take a chance. Ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to present to you Screaming...
Okay, Screaming Lord Such with Gotta Keep a Rockin' and him and his merry men right there raving it up. And like I said, it really does sound like a live party record, which is totally cool. Nothing wrong with that at all. And this next song here, I was like, well, let's just play this next because it makes complete sense to play this after something like that. And of a similar vibe, something from a live album from 1972 by a 50s artist now with the London Chuck Berry Sessions, which there's a handful of these releases from our 50s American rock and roll rhythm and blues artists where they went over to London, got a nice payday. They did a studio session and they would do a live show or multiple live shows because this is where they could go and thrive. You hear a lot about certain artists are only appreciated like in France or something like that. But London, because of the Stones and the Beatles, all these other blues guys and early rock guys, R&B guys, got to have a good career out there in London and you know all the European adjacent areas. Make good money, so why not go out there? And this is an interesting and true odd and end where it's from a half studio, half live album. Now, if I'm being honest, the studio side of this record, really nothing to write home about. It's It just kind of sounds like he went in there and literally made things up on the fly. I don't know if he did, but that's what it sounds like to me as a slight critic, reviewer, music guy. But the true meat is in the live side where he's just out there having fun. And he's playing to a raucous house. And they even leave it on the record, because why not? Like, at the end of the live side, you can hear there's a guy that gets on the mic because the crowd's, like, yelling for one more song. And because of time constraints, they won't let Chuck do another song. And the guy's like, if you want the Pink Floyd show to happen next, like, so Chuck has played a matinee and Pink Floyd's coming in to do a night show. So the guy's like, if you want Pink Floyd to play, you better leave right now. You gotta leave. I know some of y'all want to go to that that are here. You gotta leave now. Like, it's just so great. Just sounds like a train wreck, but man, the crowd's really up for it. And Chuck just whips him into a fury. I feel like a lot of people in the crowd are like future punk rock stars. And also, this is the album where the hit single My Dingling comes from. Now, Chuck had recorded that early on in his career, but once he did the live version with the crowd interaction, because of the way they could get around the censors, that's probably why it became a hit in 1972 with this version. You should really track down the live side of this record. I, I definitely recommend it. It kicks off with this one right here, so this will get you in the mood to listen to it. This is him revisiting one of his great songs of all time, and you'll just hear how much fun he's having playing along with the crowd. This is Reelin' and Rockin'. I got a chance to sing one. Yeah, we were really 
was quarter to three. She said, wait a minute, Chuck, I gotta go. Bring me a Coca-Cola, please. Almost four, you know she turned me around and said me do it some more and I
kitchen. We boogied in the hole. I got some on my finger, so I wiped it on the wall. Some Chuck Berry right there, one of the originators, or as Jerry Lee Lewis once said, after losing a fist fight to Chuck Berry over who was the true king of rock and roll, he would say, Chuck Berry's the king of rock and roll. So, yeah, Chuck Berry, reeling and rocking, live at the Lancaster Arts Forum or something like that, from the London Chuck Berry Sessions. Like I said, it's worth your while for that live side right there just to hear how great that crowd is. So I didn't play his soul American number one hit, My Dingling. That's true, by the way. Chuck Berry, as influential as he was and as many hits as he had, his only number one in America is that live version of My Dingling. So since I didn't play that to represent this album, I'm going to go ahead and play this one right here to make it up for you. Now, I'm not saying that that's what this song is about, but why not? Here's a killer, killer single release in 1972 by the sweet... This is Little Willie. Turn it up.
there that was one of the big singles that really helped launch the suite as like massive hit makers they had a handful of singles before that probably about half a dozen or so but i feel like little willie's the thing that really kicked them off as far as like worldwide because the, even the u.s took notice of the suite because of that song i think it made it top five or something like that but none of the other songs had taken off before that so i'm going from the american side of things as far as what i've heard just looking up the stats there, there's some other cool singles before that coco i really love alexander graham bell as ridiculous as it is it's a great song and we're gonna play some more sweet singles on the next two episodes because we got two more episodes of the odds and ends to do but before we do that we got to do a few more songs to finish off this episode we've been playing a lot of good traditional rock and roll and traditional adjacent rock and roll and stuff like that just good roots artists so Here's one that's definitely more of a rave up, like an old school type feel from Paul McCartney. And, you know, McCartney was still having fun despite going solo. He would have some killer records, a lot of them pretty introspective and stuff like that. And a lot of epic sounding stuff. But I'm assuming when he put this out, people were like, oh, he's, he's having fun still. This is nice. So this is a good single release to have out. And McCartney with his, you know, sugary sweet image, especially nowadays, you know, he had a couple of pot busts and run-ins with the law here and there, but, you know, super harmless stuff. But he can at least say that he's had one song banned by the BBC. And he's like, even when I introduce it that way, people love it. So this was the lone banned song that the BBC took out on Paul McCartney. And it's definitely an honorable list to be on because there's a lot of killer songs that have been banned by the BBC. And this is one right here. So here's Paul McCartney and Wings with High, High, High.
that bit at the end there where they speed it up sending things out on a high note <laughs> pardon the pun okay i just caught myself doing that okay let's finish off this episode with this one right here like i said we've been doing a lot of rave ups and traditional rock stuff on this episode so why not just keep going with that and this is a killer song to finish it up on right here speaking of people that are really perpetuating the traditions of rock and roll and r&b music Really, nobody almost did it better in America than the Jay Giles band, especially early on. And, you know, I, I, I like the Jay Giles stuff. Pretty much all the stuff that Jay Giles did with Peter Wolf, untouchable. Great stuff. And, yes, they should be in the Hall of Fame, but I won't go down that whole thing. But maybe people that are familiar with the early 80s hits have no idea. They had this huge, long career in the 70s from being just road dogs, putting out, you know, really fun albums, album, 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 tour, 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 and just killing it. But to me, one of the real highlights of their career are their live albums. And even all the way up till the early 80s when they're putting out live albums, those really are the best ones to get, I think. And they put out one called Full House here in 1972, and it's just fun, top to bottom. Much like Slate Alive, I gotta say that this is the other great live album of 1972. It just smokes. And I really had a hard time trying to figure out what to put on the show for you. But I'm gonna go with this one right here because when I heard this a few years ago, I believe it was on the Underground Garage channel, I was like, man, I gotta go listen to that album again because it's just so good. So sending you out here on a high note, it's the Jay Giles Band 
the live version of Pack Fair and Square. Tease mama, I wanna suck on your gun. I said no more slipping and dogging around. so fun those guys were great jay giles band closing off the show today with pack fair and square from live full house such a great essential live rock and roll album all right hope you enjoyed this episode join me won't you for the next two parts of the odds and ends of 1972 building up to that top 50 albums of 1972 so strap yourselves in for the next few weeks that's all we're doing here on rock strikes 10 1972 am gold fm greatness it's all gonna be here for you but until then stay tuned for the plugs with my better half nola and after that immediately followed by the best damn outro song in all the podcasting business take it away nola we would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today you can reach us on facebook or twitter we love getting messages and always do our best to respond Every time you share our show, we give our cats Ruby and Ripley a treat. We are on Twitter at RockStrikes10, and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have RockStrikes10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message for more details or to order. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. 
Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going all the way back to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, check out some of these other quality shows. The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. The Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. And the I Am Vinyl Podcast with Pete LaRussa and occasionally Joey. We also highly recommend that you check out our good friend Mark Striegel, who can now be heard exclusively on Sirius XM as part of Ozzy's Boneyard and Hair Nation. Last, but certainly not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRussa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent ya. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun. Postgame show is brought to you by Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it.